Welcome in to Embrace Debate, the number one Panthers debate show out there. I don't even know if there are a lot formatted in this manner. Desmond Johnson, I'm your host here on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Every week, Monty Fetty from the Four Man Rush, Cody Lashley from the Carolina Cat Chronicles join us to debate all things Carolina Panthers. We even get a little NFL too, so appreciate everybody coming through. We're not really on a regular schedule, so you just gotta gotta you know subscribe to the uh, <laughs> to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You'll get the notification when we're about to go live. We try to put them up as soon as we know when we're gonna do it, so you got enough time to plan accordingly. Uh, fellas, what's going on, man? Uh, Panthers 33-10 loss to the Dallas Cowboys at home. Uh, apparently a day where uh, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson decided to they were going to put Jimmy Johnson in the, in the Cowboys ring of honor and, and celebrate it on the field at Bank of America Stadium, which made no sense to me. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Yeah, we're chump change right now, man. Yeah, they, we're a lavish stock, man. <laughs> yeah, people people just roll up on us and do whatever the hell they want to do. It's not, it's not a good look. Hey, it, it makes it it makes it so much worse that like after John or who I think it was Joe, Joe Persons, whoever made that tweet about after like out of ten games, five of the guys have had like NFC or AFC Player of the Week. Like it makes it that much worse. It was Joe, that too, man. It was Joe. It was Joe. We're the get right game, man. Everybody gets yeah, right, get right game. <laughs> so the Carolina Panthers, and they do it the same way every week. It doesn't matter who they're playing. At the start of the fourth quarter, that game was what seventeen to ten. It was a one possess. It was a one possession game, and then you just kind of knew. As you watch, it was like, okay, something's going to happen. It's just going to make the final score look like this. And that's exactly what happened. Pick six from Bryce Young. Cowboys get a touchdown on drive. And before you know it, they're up 33 to 10. We got some uh, good topics today. Um, I, I want to open it up to, the, to the, uh, the, the crowd as well. If you've got a debate topic you want us to discuss, throw it up here. We'll put it up here live. And you can uh, enjoy and embrace the debate yourself. Um, I, I didn't type it into the, the topic stuff, but... I did want to start off with the whole Bryce Young climbing the pocket debate because apparently I've irritated Panthers Twitter uh, from a simple, simple-minded tweet that I put out. Welcome to my world. Yeah, <laughs> really, I felt like Cody, like I literally, <laughs> and money. Like I was like, "Yo, I'm not even trying to piss anybody off, and I'm just putting my thoughts out there." And every comment underneath it. So if you if you're new here and you didn't see it on Sunday, I put out a tweet basically saying that, in my opinion, Bryce Young rarely climbs the pocket. He's in shotgun pistol formation 85 to 90% of the time, right? When he gets it, watch him. When he gets it, he does like a little kind of a half step or two back, kind of leisurely, which has been my biggest annoyance because I don't understand. There's no urgency. Like he, he takes a couple steps back. He surveys. It looks like he's locking in on somebody. And then nine times out of ten, he's throwing it to Adam Thielen. He throws it to Thielen, and that's that's the play. Every comment after that tweet, though, was like, well, of course not, dumbass. Or somebody in the backfield with him every time. How's he going to climb the pocket? I'm not talking about every single snap. You don't know ball, Desmond. It's like you don't even watch football. I'm like, come on, man. Like, for real? <laughs> like, I'm sitting there having to watch every minute of these Panther games against my will right now. And people coming at me like, I don't watch these games. <laughs> Tor- <laughs> being tortured to watch the football right. game. Right. And you got the nerd. People got the nerd to be like, you don't even watch the games, man. What are you watching? I'm not talking about every play. I'm talking about the plays where the few and far between – where he's had some sort of protection and he's been able to get the ball out without getting touched by the defense. And he's got a pocket in front of him. When I'm watching those, the only time he actually climbs up from where he is in that shotgun spot is when someone's behind him chasing him from the defense, like Michael Parsons doing like like this, like he did a couple times on Sunday that you can see from the TV that the sack was coming about three seconds before it hit. Those are the ones where he's running forward, but he does not. And just watch the game again from Sunday. Dak Prescott, even in shotgun, Gets the snap, 
goes back a couple of steps and then starts climbing the pocket and he throws the ball with the strength of his body into it. Bryce doesn't do that. And apparently he didn't do it in Alabama either. And I asked five separate people after I put that out and they all said the same thing. He were right. He doesn't really climb the pocket, but I think that's partly, they gave excuses. It's probably this, probably that he didn't have to, he's played in the system the whole time. I'll open it up to y'all because I know both y'all have different opinions on this. What do you oh, think yeah. the situation is regarding this? Because to me, again, I'm not saying he has a pocket every time. That's just stupid. He doesn't. The, the offensive line is horrible. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a line every time. But when he does, he rarely climbs the pocket. And to my defense, if he knows the, the, the stuff is coming, if he knows the defense is coming, and we at home know the defense is coming, and he's not going to have enough time, we're 10 games in the season. Bryce knows this at this point, too. When he's getting that snap and shotgun, why is he not taking a couple steps back? You know, to give himself some more space. If, if, if the issue is size and he's back there in shotgun so he can see over, why not step a couple steps back so you've got the room and then go up the pocket? Instead, he doesn't do that. So I want y'all to walk me through this. Who wants to? Who wants first cracks of this? Uh, so, look, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. defend you, Desmond. I'll, okay. I'll jump on this first, man. Uh, listen, what is apparent to everyone is that Bryce Young has a terrible offensive line and a terrible underwhelming group of wide receivers that have vastly underperformed compared to even our lowest expectations this year. But but, but a lot of, you know, Bryce Young super fans, I'm just going to say it that way, what they have a hard time admitting is that a lot of these errors and a lot of these mistakes, not all of them, but a lot of them are on Bryce. And if you want to chalk them up to rookie mistakes, that's fine. But but we cannot deny that there has been a lot of bad decision making recently. We cannot deny that, in my opinion, I've been watching the All-22 every single week, and I find that so many times he's staring down his first read to the point where he's not even looking if someone else is open at his second or third read. Because no one else is open. And, and, well, that's well, well, sure. that, that's <laughs> not true all the time, Monty. It's true a lot of the time, but it's not true all the time. And if you don't say it that way, then it really just takes all the onus off of Bryce and doesn't put any of you know the onus on him for not doing what he should be doing. I yes, agree with that. Yes, yeah. yes, I do, at yes, this point in the season, I agree with that. Yeah, that. he is a, he is a rookie, but right now there is not a single player on this offense that isn't drastically underperforming compared to what we expected for them, even Bryce being a rookie. Money. Yeah, man, I just don't agree. Um, and again, I I understand that. Sure, he and I've said this before. I just posted this a couple of days ago. He's not playing mistake free football. That's not the expectation. It's never been the expectation. We knew that before drafting him, he wasn't going to play mistake free football. And to be honest, and I've also posted this or what we're seeing here, where we've put unre- unrealistic expectations on this team, starting with Bryce, and now that Bryce hasn't lived up to the expectations that we put on him, now we're we're trying to pick holes and find holes where there really aren't holes. To, this is and, and I'm just gonna be frank, and we can go through, I guess, because you know you responded to my my post days, and my and I want to be list, I want to address that my post wasn't responding to your post when I made it about the film thing. You know, I didn't want it to be like, oh, well, people were saying, I, it wasn't a response to you. I would just throw out a, a, a two-minute clip 
of Bryce Young, and I wanted to address. At that point, I was like blindfolded. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Because exactly. <laughs> everybody's coming at me. I was like, I don't know what's. Yeah, and we've all been <laughs> there. Like, I mean, yeah. we've all, of course, we made something, and then it seemed like everything is directly. And that's not that's why I wanted to address. That wasn't directly, you know, responding to. I, I didn't think it was, but no, nah, no, nah, that's good. Okay, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, but I just, but but even when looking at the film, I know we say we all look at all twenty two. And, and, and this is what we were just saying, you know, in, in, in the background here. Two things in this regard can't be true here. You can't acknowledge he has one of the worst offensive lines that we've seen in a long time. And we've in and, and a lot worse than what we even expected it to be. And then turn around and say, well, Bryce, you still got to climb a pocket. That's not that you all acknowledge is nine times out of ten, non-existent. Nine, nine times out of ten. Like, okay. that's, that's yeah, a bit of a not nine times I mean, out okay, of ten. Okay, he's missing, he's he's missing right. open receivers every yeah. single game. And, 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 and <laughs> then, like things okay, to like kind of clarify it too. Let, like, let me let me finish my response. Let me finish right, my ahead. response. So even if we argue and nitpick and say not nine times out of ten, it's we're going to say a good majority of the time is more. I'd say is more than six out of ten. About about eight out of ten times. I mean, and again, we're not. I mean, we don't have a specific number on it, but majority of the time, vast majority of the time, there is no pocket. Vast majority of the time, and again, this isn't things that I'm just spitfiring because I'm a Bryce fan. These are things that are statistically proven. The offensive line is statistically one of the worst in the league. The off the our receivers is statistically one of the worst receiver core in the league. So again, it's not that we're expecting. I mean, y'all again, these are unexpected expectations. We're expecting a rookie quarterback to come in and elevate one of the worst offensive lines in the league and elevate one of the worst receiver cores. That's not realistic. It's in and the only reason we're even having this conversation is because CJ Stroud is playing well. Mind you, CJ Stroud is in a totally different predicament than what Bryce is in. But because CJ Stroud is playing so well, we're doing the well, this one's doing good. So why isn't he doing good? And ignoring all the context. Like I, 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 I just don't I wanna, go ahead, I wanna go ahead. ask I wanna ask Mario a question. Are you gonna tell me that Bryce Young this season has lived up to every one of the expectations that you have had for him? Have that I've had. I, I, what I want to see is Bryce Young get better throughout the season. Yes, absolutely. I think. And you think that? Do you think he's gotten better throughout the season? Absolutely. I 100 um, think he's uh, gotten better throughout the season. If I anything, think I think he's regressed. <laughs> I think he's about the same. If anything, I think he's regressed. I, I don't. I, if we're gonna be honest, if we're if we're gonna be completely honest, everything around him has regressed. Our, as a matter of fact, we're on like receiver five right now. I mean, he's thrown, he's, thrown a, he's thrown a pick six in the past three weeks. Nothing is ever, nothing is ever Bryce Young's fault. That's, I didn't say that. Fault. I did, yeah, that is exactly what you're saying. Hold on. The hold on. No, it's not. You asked me a question. It didn't allow me to finish my Well, hold on, hold on. Wait, guys. Wait, because before we go any further, because I still got some more topics I want us to get to on this one. But to address what Monty's response I, for me, I didn't have high expectations for Bryce Young coming in because I knew rookie quarterbacks rarely do anything. And then what CJ Stroud is doing is an abnormality. Like that normally does not happen for a rookie quarterback. Plus, the reason why he's doing that, everyone leaves this part out when it comes to CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. Did y'all forget all the stuff they got from the Cleveland Browns when they traded Deshaun Watson up there? Exactly. They literally got three first-round picks. (laughs) They got three firsts and a bunch of other mid-round picks. They still have a first and a fourth they haven't used yet that they're going to be able to use this year from Cleveland. They got Tank Dell at one of those picks. They got alignment at one of those picks. Like They were able to to fill in the blanks much quicker than us because of the deal they had with Deshaun, which made me super mad about what we got from McCaffrey. That's a whole other conversation altogether. We'll, We'll save that for another day. But for me... My only thing was he's not climbing the pocket when the pocket's there. Maybe I should have said it that way. Not that the pocket's always there and he never climbs it, but when he does have a pocket, he does not. It's not like he wants to climb the pocket and can't. 
because there's people in the way, he is not thinking about climbing the pocket, which means he never does it like ever. That's my point. If you watch him play, that's not part of his game. Neither is the check down. He doesn't check down to anyone. He rarely checks down to whoever's in front of him. That's we, not true, man. And we're you no, seriously, man. We're used to like this is where Christian McCaffrey made his money was in the check down. We used to complain they checked down to him too much. So we started seeing it all the time from Kansas. Bro, he almost threw an interception, but I, I don't agree. He he almost threw an interception from checking down this past week, bro. That's that's just not true. He matter of fact, if you can make the argument because it was before at the early of the beginning of the season, that was the argument. All he would do was check down and all he threw was through the screen passes. So now now we're saying a couple weeks later, he never checked. That's not true. But this, but that's what I'm saying here. As we're as the season goes on, as we continue to lose, we come up with different. We're finding holes in this game here that's just not there. Because at the beginning of the year, all we said was Bryce doesn't throw the deep ball. He doesn't take shots. All he's doing is throwing screen passes. All he's doing is throwing checkdowns. Now well, here we are, four weeks later, we're saying he never checks. That's not true. That's there, not no, true. I'm saying there's no check down there. Like the play, it's not really Bryce. It's really more the play. The plays are also, there's, like, no, there's no we're, check we're down. Not, we're not going to pretend like Bryce is throwing with a great ball placement either. I mean, a right. lot, of, a lot, a lot of the pick sixes that he's thrown have been drastically off the mark. They've been behind the receiver. And, you know, he's not stepping up into the pocket. You can That's see him behind. You, and behind and you can also literally see him staring down his first read. Now, there there have been points when I've asked, now, I, I don't know if this is the coaching staff going to Bryce and telling him, hey, look, we know you don't have a lot of time, so get the ball out quick. So, uh, but so I, I said this on Twitter, and I got a lot of pushback for it. Bryce has regressed in terms of even, in my opinion, where he was at Alabama. I never found that he had a problem going through his progressions at Alabama. I never felt that he had a problem stepping up inside the pocket at Alabama. Granted, obviously, this is the NFL, but a, a lot of the things that we were sold on when it comes to Bryce, the reason why you traded up to number one for him, he isn't displaying any of those traits right now. And I think that's why a lot of people are disappointed because he isn't processing the field like this ultimate T2 Terminator. He's not putting the ball on the money. He is. He's been very underwhelming this year. It's not all his problem, but he has a lot of things that he's going to have to clean up before he's able to play professional football at a high level. I want right, to, like learning but, how to play offensive tackle. That's one of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. If he could do that, it'd be great. You're not well, talking about it now. You're Willie, instantly bringing all everyone else. Wait, wait, I want to address Willie's comment because this is the exact thing I was talking about. Where he came in and said, "What pocket?" He came in a little late. Exactly. I guess he didn't hear it or whatever. Willie, <laughs> I'm not talking about every time that they snap the ball. I right. get it. He doesn't have a pocket more often than not. It's a jailbreak for the most part. It's not Icky alone. It wasn't just Bozeman, who I saw was getting some stuff on Twitter, which was How did you say in the same it's, breath, he has to be better behind the pocket. That, when he has a pocket, you can't, you can't say that the offensive line is bad and sit here and say that they let people through every single play. Right. Again, I'm not saying that play. every well, play he has an opportunity. Even if it's not every single play. It's majority of the plays. So the so ones where he does have a pocket, he shouldn't do it anyway because know, but, on but the other is, ones he shouldn't. Okay, well, you can count on one to two hands how many times he has a clean no, pocket. No, 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 no. I wouldn't have made a comment. My question is to both of you. Why is it that number totally support that we have one of the worst offensive lines then? 
We do. Well, I'm not denying that at all. Literally, no one is denying that. The yeah, I'm saying we have an awful no one is denying Again, two we are, things we are saying that true that's, here, man. Two things can, you can't say is, you have a, a terrible yes, offensive line. Young, rookie quarterback what we're saying is Bryce Young is leaving me on the bone every single Sunday. There are plays to be made that he is not making. And then on top of that, Monty, the elephant in the room that nobody wants to address is that the tenure veteran Andy Dalton came in for one game and threw for almost 400 uh, passing oh, yards. has not so Watch that game because Andy Dalton climbed the pocket in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, he threw the ball yeah. 60 times. It's Either way. Literally, just by the doing line. It's the same Just by doing the math. He only threw the ball six yards attempt. Just doing the math alone, bro. He Bryce literally, if Bryce threw the ball 60 times, he would have thrown for almost 400 yards. That has nothing to do with my it pocket. He doesn't climb the pocket. Now, for whatever reason that is, fine. There is no pocket. The line is horrible. Whatever the case may be. He didn't do it at Alabama either. And he had one of the best offensive lines in college football. He did the okay. exact same thing. He catches the ball in pistol shotgun. He's rarely under center. And he basically stands back there and he waits for the routes to open and he throws into a window. You can't do that in the NFL. And it's almost like he's still trying to do it. And Frank Wright and Josh McCown, Thomas Brown, they're not correcting him on it. So it's almost like they think he can do that too. The windows in the NFL are way smaller than the windows he saw at Alabama. He can't just stand back there leisurely and then throwing it flat-footed off his foot. That's what he's doing. He's literally throwing it flat-footed off his back foot. He's doing that because he's not climbing the pocket. Like, I'm not saying anything crazy. But people are saying it like I'm yeah, crazy. No one's saying that he's a bro, bust. I, I'm not, no one's saying that he's a bust. No one's saying that. Yeah, I'm a Bryce Young fan. Yeah, I'm a like, fan. Like our future, and this is why people on Twitter drive me crazy. Our future is dependent on Bryce Young. Everyone knows that. If the Panthers are ever going to be good, Bryce Young has to be good. He but has like, to be good. Yeah. But like, there is this subset of Panther fans that cannot and will not ever put the blame on any player for Bryce Young. And frankly, it's annoying, man, because it, it makes having real conversations about the Carolina Panthers difficult to have if you're always moving the goalposts. And on top of that, all of the same excuses that we're making for Bryce when it comes to, well, he doesn't control the O-line, he doesn't control the wide receivers. Nobody wants to give that same grace to any of our coaching staff right now. So it's like, the okay, well, which one is it? Bro, stop it. No, the coach You're not going to remake the roster in one serve. year, Monty. Why, why does the coach You're not going to rebuild the roster in one year's time. Man, we do, we do, need, to, we do need to address the fact that this roster was not ready. I think what you said at the very no. beginning of the show, Monty, that we, we had higher expectations for this team than we should have. And I think a lot of us place that blame at the feet of Scott Fitter for what he was saying in terms of we, we're at a point where we want to just parachute a quarterback in. We don't feel like we're going to be drafted in the top 10 anytime soon. All those comments he said, they're not coming back to haunt him. But we forgot the carnage that went through this roster over the four years before those comments were made. And then all those collateral they gave away, chasing collateral they gave away. Like that Sam Darnold uh, trade where we gave away picks for that. We gave away a second and something else in that. That partly the reason why they did the McCaffrey trade was to get back picks back from the, the Darnold trade. And then they <laughs> trade off stuff from off of that yeah. and DJ Moore to the Bears just to get Bryce Young. So all the I stuff mean, that he said before, fair, our, 
our fan base said we didn't need Christian McCaffrey anyway. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I totally him. agree. Yeah, so, they, I mean, they, so I mean, so we did need him, fair. but the fan base is what drove him out of here. I right. totally I mean, agree. Because I mean, if we're going to be fair, the fan base can't use Christian McCaffrey as a, as an example at all because y'all didn't even want Christian McCaffrey here. Y'all yeah, didn't want to pay him. Y'all didn't want to overpaid. Hurt all the time, yeah, yeah. That, like it was like so. So it's hard for me to listen to people say, "Oh well, we traded away Chris McCaffrey." Yeah, we did. Y'all didn't want him here, and y'all said we could replace him. Well, no, with, I'm saying, with, I'm saying it. No, I, I'm not saying <laughs> you. I'm just responding yeah. to. I'm just responding to people. For instance, Cody didn't want Christian McCaffrey here, right? Right or wrong? It's not that I didn't want Christian here. I didn't want to overpay a running back position like every other bad team does. Yeah, he's not. That yeah. deal is like a bargain no, now. Christian McCaffrey is sprinkled on top of the Sunday. It's also your first uh, one, DJ Moore, while your wide receiver core has fallen off of a cliff and you're missing DJ Moore right now. But also the first overall pick in the 2024 draft. Like all of that looks just terrible at this point in time because this roster is nowhere near where it needs to be. I still don't think that this was a good year to move up for the quarterback. By the way, even though I was a Stroud fan, everybody else is like, oh, well, Cody Stroud would die behind this old line. He would look just as bad, if not worse than Bryce. Okay. But then that kind of goes to my example that you probably should have done what a lot of people didn't want to do. Sit on your hands for one more year, get an Andy Dalton, get a Matt Corral, roll the dice with Steve Wilkes, and push on the shelf. You're drafting number one overall and a better year for quarterbacks. You know, honestly, like in hindsight, and I've talked about this on Believe in Panthers, and we're going to get to it here in a bit about uh, the Christian McCaffrey trade. If you think back to when that trade actually happened, it was the week after Rule got fired. So it was really the first week Scott Fritter was kind of in control of the roster, and uh, Wilkes was the interim, so he didn't really have much of a say in it. But it felt like Fritter was like, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is try to clear out some salary. I'm going to trade off McCaffrey because that's what everybody wants. I'm going to, yeah, everybody's going to be happy and yada, yada, yada. If they had never traded him off, we go through the season with him and Wilkes last year. Say they still don't hire Wilkes and they bring in Frank Reich anyway and all this other stuff. If you did all that and you still had McCaffrey and you didn't trade up and you kept DJ Moore and all your picks, why not just bring in Andy Dalton anyway and do what you were doing the past three or four years, which is bringing yeah. a bridge quarterback? Because you, you likely draft, because you likely draft Will Levis, and then our fan base would have would have went to went hell no, over the draft. No, because if we, we had McCaffrey, if we had McCaffrey still, we probably why, would be picking nine. Also, we, you don't have to draft a quarterback. We would have been picking at nine though if we still had McCaffrey. We probably would have won the division, to be honest. Last year, realistically speaking, like I said, we're playing high side right now. There's no way after after firing rule that you don't draft another quarterback. Period. I'm I'm sorry. Like I said, right now we're saying it because we're so bad right now. There is no way. I we're we're talking that now there's no way anybody any of us on this on this podcast right now would have would have been cool with not drafting a quarterback i don't care what because matter of fact even if we waited to draft hendon hooker in the second round that's mm. what we wanted to do mm. so 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 mm. let's so now I, I let's not been, play oh, man, that would be great because we still would have drafted a quarterback either and to be honest if we're really gonna play the hindsight game i'm really gonna get on fans nerves today we should if we're gonna play that game we should have drafted will Levis. like like i like I was high on to begin with. You I mean, it was DJ the whole mayonnaise thing. Everybody off. Kept DJ Moore, kept Will Levis. You could have drafted, uh, drafted. Uh, I mean, kept uh, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, drafted yep. Will Levis. Still, uh, still loaded up on this team. And guess what? You would have had a future at quarterback. Had but all again, your picks. But, but, yep. hey, but again, there's a lot of people on it on here that said Will Levis was oh, the future. You already know that Will Levis is the future. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, how about this? Right now, there's more evidence for Will Levis being the future than Bryce Young. How That's about cool. that? 
And, hey, and, the, and there's, there's more evidence for Bryce Young and Will Levis more than Matt Corral, and that's who you wanted to run with. So let's not play that game. Either. Yeah, everyone right, had well. the number one pick in 2024. <laughs> We'd be drafting Drake May, money. Man, stop it. Man, you you didn't want to draft Drake when the Panthers moved up to number one, I evaluated the quarterbacks, and in my humble opinion, they're both looking like what I thought they'd look like right now. All right, so here, actually, here that wasn't even the first question. So, uh, so y'all know we in for one tonight. We're gonna be on one tonight. The first question of the day, though, actually goes into it: Should the Panthers bench Bryce Young? Um, we're halfway through the season. They're eliminated from the playoffs. They're going to have their sixth losing season since David Tepper took over the team six years ago. He's your first round number one overall pick. You gave up so much to get him. What are the pros and cons of benching him and letting Andy Dalton finish this season or letting Bryce take his lumps and finish out this season? Which side of the fence are you on? Would you rather see this thing play out with Bryce continuing to play starting quarterback or have you seen enough? Who do you want to go first? Uh, Monty, I'll let you go first. I'm kind of on the fence with it, man. Like, I'm a big part of me is I, I do think you got to let your rookie go get through the lumps. The way they've shown that, and I use protection as a very loose word here, <laughs> but the word the way they've shown that they can protect Bryce, yeah, man, I you're going you're risking putting him on IR at this point. Like, dude, he and and I posted this during the game. Like, he was on pace to hit eight sacks and by half, and he and they sacked him eight times. He's been sacked on average six times a game now. So uh, so this is why I'm so adamant about the, the O-line argument, because don't tell me about climbing the pocket and he's being sacked on average six times a game. That's, I'm not saying you climb the pocket when there's I'm, people I'm, hanging I'm, on you. I'm just talking about in general, because it's not just it's not just you. Again, it's not just you all that feel that way. I'm talking about in general. It's hard to just talk about offensive linemen and Bryce being playing better behind offensive line when you're again, your rookie quarterback is being on on average sack. So you're okay. So you're saying it's more of a mental thing with Bryce Young. That it's not know, that the pocket's not I, there. I, I, it's just that he don't want to climb it because of I, all the other times where somebody's on his back or his knees or whatever tackle. No, I, I think just think it's more of a system thing. I, I mean, again, I mean, and just just playing the sport and, and just being a, as a quarterback or as a shooter. I'm, I'm gonna use basketball as an example, bro. As a shooter, after being fouled, being hit, being being beat on all game, bro. Being, your 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 your, the, just your your shooting rhythm is different. Like, bro, after. After being beat up all game, your throwing rhythm is different. Your timing is different. Uh, things that you think that are going to be there or naturally there is different. You speed your clock up because you know you don't have time. You rush the throw because you know guys usually aren't there, so I'm going to try to get the ball out sooner. But, again, like I said, th there's a lot of things that play into factor of you talking about now. Again, he hasn't played mistake-free free football. I'm clear about that's not the standard. That's never been the standard. And of course, he he's making what he's what's happening is he's making rookie mistakes on top of being on the shitty team. Excuse my language, but on a crappy team, he's being he's making rookie mistakes. That's really what we're seeing here. And which is, it's, yeah, it's, which it's is understandable. It's understandable. And, and, and that's and that's really and that's and it sucks to see because he was the number one pick. So of course you want to see a lot more growth, but it's. Again, at six sacks, bro, there's no quarterback. CJ Stroud at six sacks a game is going to look just like Bryce Young right now. I, I'm, I, I hate, I hate to inform y'all. At six sacks a game, there's no quarterback. They don't even think there's no quarterback right now that's on average being sacked that many times a game. Sam Howell or Sam or it, it, Sam and beyond this, Sam Howell didn't look great Andy when he Dalton. first. When and he first like, and all <laughs> and I, I Sam Howell's leading the league in yards thrown or something, any? But uh, uh, hey, shout out to Riverboat Ron. Um, so. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Cody. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you absolutely need to bench Bryce. And by the way, if I'm listening to Monty, just interpreting what I heard Monty say, that kind of sounds to me like Bryce is shell-shocked right now. Yeah. Like, like Bryce, it, it, everything is so bad in front of him and around him. He doesn't trust any of his help that he's not playing with confidence right now. And what's worse than and what and what's worse than a rookie quarterback who game in and game out is getting absolutely demoralized and thrown to the wolves? Yeah, I do think that you need to bench Bryce Young because one, the Carolina Panthers are plagued with the injury bug, man. It just came out today to Austin Corbett going back on IR. Yeah. So now you're missing a left guard and a right guard. He Bradley was Bozeman. Bradley Bozeman has been absolutely terrible in pass blocking. So right now, they, like I honestly feel like you run the risk of getting Bryce hurt at the end of the season, and then thereby preventing him from being able to, to from being able to start next year. Similar to what happened with Austin Corbett, then you're putting Bryce even further behind that development line. Uh, and to top it all off, let's be real: we're probably going to be hiring new coaches and a new front office. So Bryce is going to be learning another new system. Yeah. Why continue to trot him out there to reinforce all these negative traits and learn these things that he's just going to have to start over with scratch or from scratch next year? You know, to honestly, me, it's since, counterintuitive. Since the end of the game Sunday, because I was all on the, yeah, I don't know if Frank Wright's going to make it through the year. Now that I'm at Wednesday, I'm like, you know what? He probably will he's get fired. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get fired at all this year. Matter of fact, I think he's gonna start as the head coach next year. Uh, because you can't just Maybe. let him go after eight months. Like you still at this point, because at that point, Skylar Callahan made an excellent point of this. At that point, if you let him go, David Tepper's on the hook paying three coaches at the same time. The uh Matt Rule or the money he had to pay out for Matt Rule, the buyout for Frank Wright after one year. And then the new coach you bring in, if it's like a Jim Harbaugh or somebody, it's going to be big money. He ain't going to do that. He's going to at least let them get through year two and see what they do in this offseason. Now, Scott Fitterer might be the sacrificial lamb because of all this. And at this point, I'm like, all right, Fitterer needs to go. Because I'm sitting there looking at all the stuff he did post-Matt Rule. Because anything he did while he was here with Matt Rule, I can't blame him for because Matt Rule had right. the final decision on all the personnel stuff. Everything down to social media posts, apparently, Matt Rule had the final decision on. So I can't blame him for that. But from the moment Matt Rule was gone, that week after going up to now, all the decisions basically personnel wise have been Scott Fitter. So from that Christian McCaffrey trade all the way to where we are right now, where they cut Calvin Throckmorton, who had started seven games or whatnot, and then got cut out the blue. Um, and I'm going to answer it. Uh, Panther Pickle uh, keeps asking the question. I'm not ignoring it. I just haven't got a chance to get to it. Yes, was the release of starter Calvin Throckmorton was a front? Was it a front office decision to force Chandler Zavala into the starting lineup? No, I think the front office just thought Calvin Throckmorton sucked, and they got and they cut him. <laughs> like literally, that, I think that's all it came down to. Because now they probably wish they hadn't, because Corbett's on IR now, and Throckmorton's yeah, in Tennessee. And he literally started the past seven games. Now you're going to go back to a rookie. Like, why not at least put him on a rotation? It yeah, makes, yeah, you it, cut him. <laughs> like you didn't, you didn't demote him from being a starter. You cut like he came into work on uh, Monday to watch film. They're like, yeah, your uh, your gate code don't work anymore. <laughs> like what? What? Why? And it's, oh, and it's you not know, like he was playing worse than anyone else too, man. Everybody, right, yeah, like he's so bad. Code, like and like you said, Bozeman's been getting abused. And honestly, now that I'm looking at the line, and all of them are getting abused like this. I can't blame the line. I watched this line play exceptionally well last year in a different scheme i gotta blame frank wright because frank wright bless his heart he keeps going to these press conferences with sheena quick and vash hurt and joe person and these guys 
and he, he's answering too much. <laughs> he's answering too much in these questions. He's literally telling us, yeah, I get it. They're a power run line. I know what their strength is. That's not what we want to do. We're not a smash mouth team. That's not what we want. But we're not trying to do that. He's literally saying this in the press conference. So yeah, you we know, nail to be a power run team. To be honest, I mean, we don't. Well, I, sure. I, they, they got. They made it go away. <laughs> like they didn't resign. Yeah, yeah, uh, Foreman, you know. And uh, to me, and think of the timeline again. I think because they offered Foreman first before they gave Miles Sanders the money. I think Foreman saw that they weren't going to be running power and decided he was going to leave because he wouldn't be effective in this offense. So he left and took less money. He took $2 million for one year to go to Chicago to be the third string back, basically, instead of staying here and being the main running back and whatever they're going to do. So he had to be told something. We're not running the same thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like a zone thing, yada, yada. And he left. They brought in Miles Sanders, who came from Philly, that runs that kind of similar blocking scheme. The problem is our offensive line can't run it. They, they're not built to do it. Icky wasn't a pass-blocking uh, tackle in college at NC State. He hasn't been here. No. Most of these guys, Moten, he's never been a really great in pass coverage. He's been more of a run grader, like downhill his whole career. Bozeman, he came from Baltimore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Corbett from the Rams. Like, even Brady Christensen, who was playing great at left guard, him being gone, nobody talks about. Like, I think he was really the glue. Him and Corbett were really the glue of the line. And him being gone, it's just had so many holes. And they're trying to run an offense they can't run. They don't have the, the personnel for it. And Frank won't change it. And you can't change it now because you're in the middle of the season. So I can't really blame the offensive line for what's happening. They're getting put in positions that they shouldn't get put in. It should be, especially with a rookie quarterback, we should be running the book football 30, 35 times a game. I don't care if they're only getting three yards carry. Like, we should be running the ball and getting Bryce comfortable. He should be under center, handing off half the plays. You know what I mean? But they got him in this pistol, and he's throwing to Adam Thielen 60% of the time. The defense knows where it's going. I know where yeah. it's going from the living room. Y'all know where it's going. So it's like, yeah. how hard is it for a defense to try to stop this? And that's kind of where we are. Like, we're in this – we know what's happening. The Cowboys defense knows what's happening. Michael Parsons knows what's happening. Bryce knows what's happening. But we're going to run yeah. this play anyway. And, and <laughs> you see, that's why I'm I'm in favor of Benjamin Bryce. Not because I have some vendetta or grudge against him, whatever people are saying on Twitter. I mean, I think for his own health and safety – it's better to put in Andy Dalton right now. I mean, why else would you sign a backup with that many years of experience if you didn't plan on using him for moments when your quarterback is struggling? I just, I, I don't understand it, man. Hold on, let me uh, see. The difference here and Embrace Debate and other shows is that if somebody gets out of pocket in the uh, in the comments, we will call you out. Nato Jenkins, what's annoying is y'all not acknowledging his team sucks, which is why his play is not good. Which one of us three have you heard say that this, this Carolina Panthers no, team is good? That's just that the fully in here complaining about how bad they are awful every it's, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, the team like, is bad. Every, everybody knows the O line is bad, man. No one's saying that it's good. No yeah, one's saying know. that it is. No one's saying the receivers are good. It takes all of that. Don't say that we don't know that the team is bad. We're one and yeah. nine, bro. Like, we, we, we get it. We can't score 20 points a game. We have we had a hundred yard rusher this year? No, no not, not once. Not, not, not one not, game. Honest, I think Cuba had an eighty yard game when, and that's the closest we've even gotten to hundred this year. And I feel like that was like a month or two ago. Like right. I feel like that was early, that was like, like first couple weeks. Ago. Yeah. So yeah, we we're acknowledging that we're not good, NATO. Don't worry about that. We 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 aren't the ones that are gonna you know spit shine a turd and be like, hey, we're one and none, but we're still the Panthers. Like, look at us, we're still great. No, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not what the show is. Uh, this is not what the show is at all. Um, 
Mr. Strat says, wait, fans don't decide these things. Fit does, and he should know better than to get BS for C-Mac. I'm still mad we didn't get a first-round pick out of that deal. Christian McCaffrey is an MVP candidate, like, right now. And he's healthy. Man, but, he's but spent years of his but, career being hurt here. But let's. But even revisiting the, C, the CMC thing, bro, at that time, that's what I'm saying. Now we're playing hindsight. At that time, bro, fans were happy with, the, with what we got for CMC. A lot of fans were saying, You're, there's no such thing as getting the first round for a running back. Uh, we, we got a bargain for it because, uh, you know, we were driving his, uh, what was his value down because he was injured. He wasn't worth the contract that he got paid. And all of that was silly. All of that was crazy. All of that was crazy at that time. It's crazier now that we think, look back at it. Because again, at this time, fans were saying we were, it's, wait, it's great. We got to say around pick because we and we thought we fleeced san francisco now here we are they got an mvp pick mvp candidate yeah. we got jonathan mingo so <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just man it's just it's hard for me the whole especially the cmc thing bro is because it's like dude we, our fan base didn't even want chris mccaffrey now we got jonathan mingo out there running five yards no i, I don't even want to start with jonathan mingo dog. i know it's, i know I mean, and, and that's the thing, is, if you don't have if you still have christian mccaffrey on this team you don't have bryce young so you also can't be someone that's complaining either way, too, that you're I wanting to move up. You were willing to trade everybody to move up for Bryce. And so far, none of that has been worth it. Now, great so, wait, hold no, on now. Granted, that was after McCaffrey was gone. McCaffrey's already gone. Let me address that. Yeah, go ahead. I wasn't willing to trade up everything. I was, matter of fact, I was now, was I willing to lose draft picks for um, to trade up for Bryce? Absolutely. I didn't want to lose any players because, because again, and they've already confirmed, we could have just offered more picks instead of losing players, which that's what we should have done. We could have kept DJ Moore. We could have, <laughs> yes. Because if, because if we're talking about the picks, I, yeah, you're right. I don't care about the picks. Well, we, get picks. I ain't worried well, about I mean, it. That's well, what he's good at. Look, yeah, get picks. I, I, I just go to show you how much picks. I mean, well, hear me out. Well, I'll just go to show you how much picks are, uh, how important picks are. Bro, San Francisco busted on a quarterback with a first-round pick, traded their second-round pick for a running back, and they're still a contender for a Super Bowl. And they so, got no, I don't care about the, the last pick in the draft playing quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's so, so, no, I don't care about the pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> the cat man, the 49ers, man. I hate the 49ers. Yeah, but can um, you imagine <laughs> if we were looking at the next three years not having a first-round draft pick? Like, And this goes back to my point. The Panthers were not ready to trade up. Everybody may have been thirsty for a quarterback, but look how many holes on the team we have right now. We need another corner. We need another linebacker. We need another edge rusher. We might need two more offensive linemen and two more wide receivers, and now we're trying to give up picks? Like, I'm sorry, man. We just were not ready for this trade, man. And we're, at, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a dangerous spot of having this whole thing be a compound effect for the next two to three years. Yeah, I think we're in the middle of that because they didn't do the rebuild right. They didn't officially do a no. full rebuild. They started when, – when when they traded McCaffrey, that should have been the sign that and, – and the whole league thought so. Remember that week? They were like, oh, it's a fire sale in Carolina because they traded Christian McCaffrey. They must be trading right. everybody. And then they traded no one. <laughs> they kept everybody. They kept Burns. They kept Horn. They kept all these dudes that they could have got some stuff with. I would have been fine if they cleared the whole table. If we were one and nine and didn't have a defense that's like seventh overall in yards allowed and – uh, didn't trade up for the number one pick and all the stuff that we did. If we had just cleared everything and just started building in the draft and we were one and nine, that's a lot easier to swallow with Andy Dalton at quarterback than for what they did. They got rid of all the pieces that would have made Bryce Young better. Like yeah. all of it. <laughs> so like, who was he supposed to pass it to or go to? Yeah. So that kind of brings me to my next one. What's the first thing Panthers owner David Tepper should do on day one of the off season? 
And that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> you go ahead, Cody. Oh, man. Day one? Yeah, day one. What's the very first thing? If you were David Tepper, billionaire owner David Tepper, what's the very first thing day after the Super Bowl? What's the first thing you're doing with your franchise? Probably firing Scott Fitterer. All I know, I know it's such an easy answer, but listen, man, like I understand that there is this, you know, some people give a grace period to Fitterer because Matt Rule had the final roster control for the first two years. But me, I'm like, dude, you have had your fingerprints on this roster for the past three years in a row, and we have been a, a, a top 10 picking team every single year that he's had his hands on this organization. To me, that's far too much. Right. Um, we don't even know uh, if, if our first-round picks are even successful or not. Once upon a time, Marty Hurry was much beguiled because he was never able to hit on, on later-round picks. He was a first-round wonder, but he could never hit those later-round picks. Well, so far, who has Fitter nailed the first-round pick on? I mean, I mean, literally everyone that he's drafted in the first round, we're still having question marks about. We don't know how how good uh, Ikea Kwan is going to be. Facts. JC Horn can't stay on the field. Facts. So it's like, dude, all of the big time picks that you have had, and then look, I'm not even mentioning Bryce Young yet because it's like that's still got a lot more time on it. But so far, that's not looking great either. And Fitter was the one that put him in the bad position. Yeah, okay. I give I give credit to uh, Matt Rule for the Derek Brown pick. So you can't even give that. I don't even think Fitter was here. I think well, Hernie, not Fitter. Fitter wasn't even yeah in here. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm giving that to well, Hernie. I'm not. Well, giving you know, say, I'll well, give that to Hernie because <laughs> well, Hernie's but, got an excellent track record of first round picks. So like Hall well, of Fame. But you know who Marty Hernie really wanted to pick in that draft, right? He wanted Justin Herbert, and there were right. and, 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 there, and there were scouts in the building that attested to that too. But Frank Wright, uh, I mean, pardon me, uh, Matt Rule decided they were going to roll with Teddy Bridgewater instead. Right. We already had an overrated quarterback. No need to go. Yeah, you wish Justin Herbert was the quarterback. Oh, of player, right man. Now. Okay, so uh, so what's the first thing you would do? Like, you know, in the offseason, what's the first thing you said you would do? What? You would fire Ritter? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm firing Fitter, and I'm getting a, 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 an actual general manager in here that knows what he – Doom knows what he's doing. Either Adam Peters, uh, I believe, is over in Philadelphia. Mm. Uh, there's the assistant general manager uh, over in Kansas City that I'm a fan of. But there, I you know I used to be a fan of Dan to be the GM, but this was years ago, man. I wanted him to be the GM when they were uh, hiring Federer the first time around. I well, thought Federer expired in the middle of the season. Dan Morgan would be the right, GM. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard because Dan Morgan's also been here while while they've been drafting uh, not so great picks too. That's so I, yeah, <laughs> it, would, it would be hard to not see it as a continuation. But in my mind, the front office absolutely uh, has to undergo some changes. It I, has to. I think the first thing I would do is sign Brian Burns. Because I think that's the biggest stain left that they haven't signed him, and they've had the LA well, they've had the LA Rams come around twice and offer two first round picks, and both times they'd be like, "Nah, we good, we gonna sign this dude." And then they tell Brian Myers, "Let us chill a little bit and figure this out." Like I, I don't understand, yeah, so like why he hasn't been signed yet. Like we talked about this before, this never works out for the team when they do this. When they when they're like, "Well, let's just wait and see. Let's see if you're gonna be worth the money." They always pay more than they wanted to pay. 
always Dak Prescott, Joey Bosa, uh, you name it. Like any of these dudes that kind of held out, Jonathan Taylor, they end up getting more money than what they were originally supposed to get from the team because the team waited so long and their value went up. Everything in the NFL, the value goes up. So for someone who was in here just a minute ago that said uh, uh, the first thing they would do if they were David Tepper is sell the team. I'm trying to find the team. There's so many, uh, there's so many comments in here. I see that so much online where people are like, David Tepper should sell this team. He should be ashamed of himself. Yada, yada, yada. Look here, y'all. David Tepper bought the, <laughs> he bought the Carolina team, Panthers man. six years ago for $2.5 billion. You know how much the Panthers are worth that, today? Yeah, it's double close that to now. five. Like, yeah. and, and we haven't even had a winning season. We haven't had a marquee player, really. <laughs> like, he's already doubled the value of the team in six years. Give me one reason why David Tepper, as a billionaire, should sell this team. If he just sits four years, it's going to be worth close to seven, eight million dollars, a billion dollars. Even know? all the even all the losing, you have opposing fans selling out the bank. And he's probably going to end up building a stadium and like owning it, kind of like a Jerry's World type deal. I could easily see him do. I thought that's what eventually was going to be the plan in Rock Hill. That eventually he was going to build a stadium down there, like because the facilities were going to be down there anyway. There's a lot of land down there. It's right off 77. You're supposed to be a Carolina's team. He was just going to build his own unless he shoehorned the state into putting even more renovations in Bank of America Stadium. He was on uh, the internet the other day talking about how it's an old stadium or whatever. So he's already planting the seeds. He ain't going nowhere. So y'all could forget this whole, he should sell the team to appease the fans or whatever. (laughs) Like this, this notion that he should just do it to be nice. That dude is a businessman. He is not concerned with little Billy in Concord. That's mad that David Tepper, hired frank wright and you know and traded up for bryce young he don't care about any of that he's worth way more he's worth like 17 billion dollars now i think he's one of the i think he is the richest owner in the nfl not counting the walmart money uh in denver um the uh i think the commander's owners are richer than him too uh, i don't know well that's a group magic johnson's in that group the dude that owns the 76ers is in that group uh Somebody yeah. else. I think the dude that owns the 76ers is the majority, but Tepper, I think he's number one or two overall. Yeah, I, I oh, know that the Waltons are worth a little more. He's either two or three. Yeah. Two or three. Uh, I mean, still, that's insane. So here's a uh, down that same vein, as you're getting kind of a supersized edition of uh, Embrace Debate tonight. Panther do-overs. Which would you rather do over? Ron Rivera getting fired or Christian McCaffrey getting traded? And it's kind of the same. It's kind of one of those Marvel what-if type things where like, if you if you did this the other way, butterfly fleck is gonna ripple out to other things that happen afterwards. So you kind of this is two separate parts of the timeline here that you're talking about revisiting and doing it differently. Would you rather not fire Ron Rivera and give him a chance to rebuild the roster, or would you rather not trade Christian McCaffrey and go from there? Uh, my turn. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Go yeah. Um. I'm gonna take a play out of my boy Smooth playbook for Four Man Rush. Shout out to Four Man Rush Smooth. I'm going to say keep Ron. And I think it's a twofer because I don't think Ron trades Christian McCaffrey. Um, no. uh, yeah, yeah. I, there, there's no yeah. way I think no Ron. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to say keep Ron. And reason for me saying that is not because of just Christian McCaffrey. It's because, and, Ron, and Smooth has made this point. He actually made this point three years ago, three, four years ago when we signed uh, Matt Rule. And we weren't listening to him. We're listening now. You don't replace or you don't move on from a two-time coach of the year. And, and not find a better candidate. Yes. You, you yes. don't move on from a from a two-time coach of the year and not find a better candidate. Me and Smooth both was high on Mike McCarthy. People feel how they want to about Mike McCarthy. I, I really don't care at this point because Mike McCarthy is a winning coach. 
he puts he, he wins games. He puts he puts butts in seats. He gets their team to the playoff. And and every year there's a new narrative about Mike McCarthy. Last year was about play calling. Now he's calling plays, and that offense is smoking. They got yeah. top five offense across the board. <laughs> yeah. So so it, so it's not even the play calling no more. So but anyway, moving past that, we moved on from a from a winning head coach to even if we were getting a little tired because we were getting tired of going seven to winning seven games, winning eight games, barely or barely missing the playoffs. We were getting too tired of that, and we were y'all. We were just too boozy. You know, we oh were too, got Those tired of golden days, man. Games, <laughs> now we're winning four or five games a year, and and I think that's kind of the big mistake. And you see, in Washington, bro, he's we say what you want to about uh, Ron Rivera. First year there, won the division. Now he's still he's still fighting hanging around, <laughs> just hanging around. Yeah, man. So, would, that, so, would that not be perfect? Like a perfect like circle. Like if like Frank Wright somehow makes it through this year. And Rivera makes it do over there, and then they let them go in the offseason. And David Tepper brings Ron Rivera back to Carolina. Like Ron would yeah. never come back, especially, yeah, the, way they, especially <laughs> the way Tepper fired him. Yeah, Ron would never come back. I would that I, was weird. I, I remember I would, it was like in the middle of the week. He got a he got a chance to say goodbye, too. You remember that? They gave him like yeah, a press man. Conference. It, was, yeah. it was like, dude, it was like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give you a year, Ron. Start the was seven games the next year, and then fired him. Yeah, dude, there's no way. I would, there's no way Ron Rivera comes back. I don't think Steve Wilkes would either from his comments uh, a week or two ago where somebody was like, well, hey, uh, you know, would you would you consider going back to Carolina, blah, blah, blah. He was basically like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Situation, no. You could blame him, man. Uh, yeah, I could blame him. Um, <laughs> I think – go ahead, Cody. You didn't answer on this question. So which one uh, – Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to have to pick Christian McCaffrey. Uh, look, shout out Ron Rivera. I mean, Riverboat Ron. He was a part of that magical – 2015 season but look i'm gonna be real man like everyone does this revisionist history thing yeah are things terrible now absolutely but if y'all go back to when we fired ron rivera everybody knew and felt like it was time for ron rivera to go man we were looking to do something different and we just ended up making the wrong decision step after step after step. Twice. Um, I, I, I am of the mindset. I mean, if I'm having to pick between those two, I guess I'd prefer to keep Christian McCaffrey. I mean, one, you would be forced to keep the identity of the team the same, meaning you're going to run the crap out of the football. Yeah. And then number two, you would have that ultimate check down for whatever your rookie quarterback was going to be. I mean, so he's, he's, a, he's a check <laughs> down. He's a slot receiver. He's a downhill running back. He does everything you want him to do. Uh, and I think that if we don't trade for him, or if we don't trade Christian McCaffrey, we're probably not trading up uh, to the number one overall pick and just staying put with what we have. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm take, saying uh, that one. Hold on, before you jump in, my I'll take what you just said a minute ago, Monty, about what Smooth's stance was, about you don't trade off a two-time coach of the year and not have somebody better to replace him. I'll go a step further. You don't trade away your players you drafted in the top 10 that are proven. Not find anybody to replace them. There you go. You're not find anybody to replace them. You traded McCaffrey off, top 10 yeah. pick. You traded DJ Moore off, top 10 pick. Like, you never – you didn't. Well, DJ Moore wasn't a top 10 pick. He was top 20, I think. What did you? Oh, you know what? You're right. He was like, yeah, he was like 22, 21, 22. Actually, in this whole scenario, I didn't put it as an option on there, but if I could go back and do one thing all over again, it actually has to do with DJ Moore. I wouldn't have drafted DJ Moore. I would have drafted Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson was still on the board right behind him. He got picked number 32 by the Ravens, Mm -hmm. and we still had Cam, but Cam was starting to have the injury concerns. In my mind, I'm like, why don't you draft Lamar, have him sit behind Cam for a year, and you thought you were going to do 2019? If you want my ultimate what if, I, in 2020, I would have traded up with the Giants and, and drafted, drafted Tua Tagovailoa. 
and and drafted Justin Herbert is oh. who I would have drafted. <laughs> oh, <That's> a, <laughs> and you know, Des, this is how me and Cody have actually met each other because I was team Tua, he was team Herbert. And I gotta remember that ongoing yeah. debate ever since. Yep. Um, and I'm still taking Jay Herbo. What's up? It's okay. I'm still taking Tua. And, and all right, then. Kieran, one of our uh, super fans that checks in with us. Uh, appreciate you coming on, hun. She said you still haven't paid Brian Burns a top 10 pick. He's a top 10 pick. Derek Brown is a top, top 10, 10 pick. pick. He was top, AC I think Warren's top 10 pick. Like, wouldn't, yeah. Burns, Brian, was, Burns was like 16. DJ was like 22. Uh, but to your point, they were all top, top 25, 25, top yeah. 20 picks. I mean, let's just say first round. Yeah, let's do it that way. Don't trade your first round picks when they've proven that they were first round picks. And all those yeah, names yeah, we yeah. named, Moore, McCaffrey, Burns, Brown. Uh, we don't know about Horn yet, but when he's out there, he looks like a, a top 10 pick, like to me. Like, because me and uh, Skylar County, we wanted uh, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Like, that's the one we wanted. And yeah. it went JC Horn. We're like, JC Horn. All right, well, let's see what he can do. But we wanted Sertan in that draft. I do remember that clearly, and they didn't get him. Um, going through the, the gallery here, our run game became more dominant after the CMC trade, though. Should have got a first for him, though. That's because they changed the mentality. It was Steve Wilkes. It, I so was a quarter, I mean, head coach. He was like, we're going to run the ball 45 times. I don't care I was, who's right. going to watch it. <laughs> I, was address that. I was about to say, I don't think our, our run – I mean, yeah, statistically it got better. I think the just the style of play just changed. The identity changed. Yeah, you, you know, we yeah. we didn't – you know, we wasn't throwing – I mean, we weren't really throwing the ball a lot or downfield anyway. But to per, <laughs> what we were doing was playing prevent ball from having Sam Darnold make a lot of mistakes. Was yeah. Like, yeah. Ball, we, like, yeah, we don't come back to that. Yeah, and, and you just didn't give Sam Darnold – many times to, to to screw it up so that's kind of the reason why we you know we played the way we did last year it's but a defensive minded uh head coach he's gonna want to run the ball stop the run that's exactly that's, that's good i mean i do a lot of high school football and that we're, the teams that are dominant are the ones that come in and they're like this is what we do bro it's Let a weird know, style of football yeah uh, over just uh, over the last four or five years that has changed but over just the history of football Going from high school, college, professional ball. Yep. Teams that traditionally win, bro, Belichick has built a dynasty off of just that. Being able to run the ball and stop play defense. Run. If, if, run. If, if we can stop the ball, we can run the ball, and then and then we just so happen to have a Hall of Famer at quarterback. But even even <laughs> you got to think about his uh, Mac Jones rookie season. That's how they won. They yeah. was able to play defense, run the ball, and then limit mistakes for Mac Jones. That's that's how that's that bro. That is forever going to be a style of or, or a way to win. Matter of fact, Tennessee right now, Tennessee always will say relevant as long as uh, my oh, was it Mike Vrabel is there because mm -hmm. they know how to he knows how to he know how to play football. I got well, a Mac truck named Derrick Henry back here. I'm exactly, bro. We got Derrick. We got the best <laughs> running or one of the best running backs in the league. We can play defense and bro, we're gonna run the air out of this ball until you show us to stop us. Yep. So yeah, I mean it's it's. It's, I don't get it how – if we're really going to do a revisionist history, we can go over it. Bro, Steve Wilkes should have never lost that job. That's that's really the the big what if for me. What if – Yeah, Wilkes? looking back I was on, I, I was they, on the I was on the Wilkes wagon 100%. I felt yeah. he yeah. earned that but job. Know, but you he know what it. sold us? What sold us was the fact that Frank Wright had a similar story, even more so, because that was the thing that got me off of Wilkes was that, hey, this is the first starting quarterback in Panther history. Like, he's lived in Charlotte for 25 years. All the that things I love about Wilkes, I like about Wright. He, he understands what keep pounding means. You know what I mean? Like, that's what sold me on Wright. But Wilkes, now that we've been, you know, halfway through the season, Wilkes changed the culture in that locker room immediately. Like, it was palatable. You could feel it. Like, as fans, we could see – Oh, there's a difference between what they're doing now and what they were doing. When Rule was here, and there's a difference between what Wilkes was doing 
then and what Reich is doing now. Like, I don't think that the players have checked out on Frank Wright. I think they still respect him, but it's not the same level of I'll run through a wall for you like it was for Steve Wilkes. Like, no. well, I think you know? I think the thing with the players and Frank Wright, you know, they honestly, a lot of the players don't have anything tied to Frank Wright, you know, and that's the thing with, with Indy. I I feel like, you know, he drafted Jonathan Taylor. He drafted those, some of those guys, you know, some of those staple players. He was there either when they were drafted or he, just, you know, was the coach when they drafted them. So yeah. they had, so that, of course that, you know, that just that natural tie is going to be there because you were the coach that drafted me. None of these guys other than maybe Bryce will have, you know, I mean, of course this rookie class, but other than, and I'll be honest, like Bryce has no ties to Frank Wright. You know, I, I, why as a rookie quarterback would, would I be, you know, be a hundred percent gun hold to support you? And dude, I'm not here, bro, y'all out here getting me killed every single week. Done out here. Yeah, it's like, dude, I'm fighting for my life every single week. And, and yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't support Frank Wright. Did you hear the report that uh, Bryce called a, a players only meeting and basically cussed everybody out? Oh like, yeah. Dog. Words they never heard of you. What? Hey, bro, I don't I put, believe I put this for Twitter. a second, dog. <laughs> Yeah, I had put on Twitter. He's 5'10", 180 pounds, and cussed everybody out in the room. Everybody. <laughs> like, like everyone was, like, shocked and took aback that he was using some of the words. Like, some of the Yo, is this real? Wait, 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 wait. This is real? Like, yeah, y'all not, y'all not, y'all not, y'all not, no, like, this, this, happened? this happened, I think, Monday. Yeah, bro, it happened, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, it's a, yeah. He, uh, he called a, a player on the meeting and cussed everybody <laughs> out. All right, hey, I, I hope that shit is true. But it didn't I'm, work. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work. They played exactly the same. I, so. Right, I'm just saying, I hope that is, I want him to get upset. I want him to get mad. I want him to sound like more than just a Boy Scout, man. Like, you have to be able to be a leader of men. And I, if that's true, I love it, man. I got to give some revisionist history here because Panther Pickles saying Keith Hamlin was around when Reich was a player here. No, it wasn't. That no, didn't well, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Sam Mills started that in 03 as an assistant coach uh, on their Super Bowl run. He was battling cancer. And that yeah. was the rallying cry for that team during that playoff run. Jake DeLome, Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, and those boys. Bills well, that, we didn't have a key pound, and that wasn't our mantra. It wasn't even a thing until yeah. Sam Mills made it that, and then that's yeah, and he was only here that first that, that first season, and he was going the next year, wasn't he? Who, Sam Mills? No, oh, no, Frank. right? Uh, yeah, because Kerry Collins took over. Kerry yeah, Collins I was going to say, he was only here that first season. Yeah, so, I mean, and he yes, he is the first starting quarterback in Panther history. Yes, he did throw the first touchdown in Panther history. Uh, Dom Capers is on his staff. He was the first head coach. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm starting to think – and Skyler brought this up to me. I didn't even know this. Did you know that the Carolina Panthers have one of the largest coaching staffs in the entire NFL? No, no, I didn't. I didn't know that either. And it's starting to make sense when he said it. I was like, you know what? It does feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes. Yeah. Well, like, and then, you, know? you know, it's funny you say that because before uh, we were in the, in, in the group chat with four man rush, we all, you know, was making jokes. It's like, dude, I've never seen so many assistant coaches uh, that get hired in, in, a, in one off season. Cause that's what it felt like. It felt like you had a tight end coach. Yeah. Coach, a wide receiver coach, wide receiver assistant coach. Yeah. Like, dude, why do you have so many there? And even, but you know what? I'll assistant to the honest, assistant. Yeah, I, I never really the, the whole Carolina thing really wasn't. Now, I'll be honest. I bought. I got bought in after the whole you know Avero in Thomas Brown signing. After that, I was kind of you know I think we're trying to be a serious team. Yeah. Young talent in here. They're trying to get some young guys to prove it. Then, and Avero has essentially worked. I think you know they they have hit the struck goal with. Avero is still to be a TBD with Thomas Brown, but I, you know, I, that was kind of when I was, but the whole wanting the first QB thing that really didn't mean nothing to me. It's like, dude, he wasn't even good here. You know, he played one season, wasn't great. And, and that was, that was the story of it. So, I mean, it was, it's a cool. Man, Frank is weird. Cause like, 
Frank is the guy that led the the Bills to the thirty one point comeback win against the 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 Oilers in the playoffs or whatever. He did that in college too, uh, yeah, Maryland. So he's kind of known to be that guy. So on one hand, you want to root for him. I'm not really mad at Frank Wright. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had such high hopes for what they were going to do, hyping up this coaching staff and all this stuff. And now it just feels like it's too much. Like there's just too much going on. It needs to be stripped down and get back to basics because it feels like, like it's not helping Bryce. It feels like last week they did this a little bit during Dallas where they were doing a little bit more no huddle. Some of the stuff he was doing in Alabama, you know, like little bubble screens and stuff like that. They still need to do much more. Uh, he was under center, which we hadn't really seen a lot this year. Um, stuff like that. So he's so Frank is starting to sprinkle some things in there he wasn't doing before, but it just doesn't something. <laughs> it just it's not. I you know what I've been saying it, and I was watching y'all on Believe in Panthers, and uh, uh, Skyler said it too. It seems like there's a lot of trying to fit a square peg into a round oh, hole. We're oh. trying to make our dominant downhill running attack turn into a zone-based running attack and trying to pass protect all the time, throwing the football. And we just moved to this 3-4. And look, credit to Avero. I think our defense has been the best part about this oh. team. They they are they are undeniably keeping mm-hmm. us in these games. And it's uh, not even the starters. You know what I mean? Half of right, them are riddled with injuries yeah. up and down that defense, and yet we're still doing okay. However, I still feel like our front seven still isn't entirely built to run a true three four yet. So you know, I think that's but, a David but, Tepper thing. I think David yeah. Tepper wanted to switch to a three four because he's from Pittsburgh and they've ran a three four for sixty years and. That felt like one of those David and Nicole type things. Like as he's walking past the room, oh, you know what? You should switch to a three four, and then he walks down the hallway. <laughs> That's hundred <laughs> so percent how I think David Tepper owns anything. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. well, I saw them do yeah. it down the street, so let me let yeah. me start this out here. Oh, you you know, by the way, me and Nicole were eating dinner the other night, and uh, we decided we were going to get Bryce Young. Right, exactly. Yeah, I just figured it out. I, just figure it out. Uh, I don't I don't know what you're going. Just figure it out. Oh, we don't want to do power run anymore. Uh, we want to do the spread that they do in college, where everybody's zipping around, and let's do that. And, like, and you know, to you all's point, I'll say this: if that if they decided to go with Bryce Young, in 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 never in, you know, and I guess and overlook Frank Reich wanting another coach, I mean another QB like CJ Stroud. Again, I think we've we've talked about this before, and I don't think that's true. But if it is true, bro, you got to fire Frank Reich, man. And <laughs> because I'm sorry, because David Tepper is going to screw it up anyway. Get you got to get David Tepper a guy in here that's that's going to that because you know if if you intentionally. Tied your coach's hands, uh, hands behind his back. You know, I feel didn't I feel bad for Frank Wright? We got to get Frank mm-hmm. Wright out of here because there's no, there's nothing that either one of them are gonna do. Frank Wright ain't gonna be able to win here, and then he's, you damn sure not gonna be able to win with the quarterback here or with the quarterback you drafted because the court, you clearly don't have a quarterback or a head coach that can coach him. So it kind of he's been kind of leaving clues, like in his press conferences, like Frank Wright's been kind of leaving clues that this is what's been going on. Like he had no reason to put out there that he meets with the owner every Tuesday. And that those conversations aren't pleasant. <laughs> like he put that out there. So it's like, why why are you meeting with the owner every Tuesday? Like that seems a little overreaching, isn't it? Like, is that when the owner's like, okay, I didn't like what we did in the second quarter. I like what we did in the fourth quarter. Let's do more of that. Let's let's do more Bryce throwing three yard outs at Adam Thielen, like that kind of thing. And then making them implement it into the game plan. Nicole Tepper was at practice watching the offensive line last week. Like what are we doing? <laughs> like, what? Who's in charge? Who is in charge here? Like, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. And I don't think David. I think David Tepper's looking at it from an analytical perspective because he's a hedge fund manager and he made his money that way. Yeah, he doesn't know that, anything about football. He's yeah, he doesn't know. 
this? <laughs> and, 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 and again, this is another reason why I want Fitter fired. I believe everything that Dave Tepper said impromptu at that Bryce Young press conference after we drafted him, when he just ran up there and just started talking, when yeah. he didn't even have a microphone, like everything that man said, he just parroted <laughs> something that Fitter told to him at an earlier date and time. That's Everyone right. knows that, dude. This dude has no idea what he's talking about. You're so right. And that, when that happened, we were shocked he was even talking because David Tepper don't talk to us. Yeah, why are <laughs> he you don't talk to us? Like, he's talked to us maybe five times in six years. Like, think about it. He's talked to us every time he's fired a coach, every time he's hired a coach. And about it. He don't do radio. He don't do TV appearances. It's <laughs> honestly funny because he only comes when he thinks that he's done something good. Like, yeah. like, like, like he, he only shows yeah, up when, like, when he thinks himself. he's going to get praised. Like, dude, it's funny proud. you say that. Like, it's funny you say that. Dunk even said, he was like, bro, I, there's no way you can't convince me Tepper's not drunk right now, dog. Like, <laughs> he's not even at the stadium. He's beside the stadium, not in front of the microphone. And he's, he's, dem- he's definitely yelling like, oh, yeah, we got the right quarterback. Quarterback throws the ball to guys that run routes, and was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> yeah, bro." It was he just he just started rambling. It's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm very. He told us, "I'm very impatient." I, you know, in my world, we do a trade, we hit a button, and it's done. And we had to go through all these waiting, and then Houston did this and backed out, and blah blah blah. I'm like, bro, we don't need to know any of this. Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't need to know any of this at all. And you're just you're kind of. You're that's the owner of the Carolina Panthers, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, yeah. let's give it up for him because he basically <laughs> explained how we fumbled up into the number one pick and traded off all of our stuff and DJ Moore uh, for Bryce Young. So, again, I'm not trashing Bryce Young. I hope Bryce Young does great. I'm a Bryce Young fan. I think he's going to be great, but I'm worried about the situation around him damaging him a la Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, I think Zach Wilson would have been fine in a smaller city with not as much expectations as the number two pick. But New York has ruined him. Like, I don't know if Zach Wilson's ever going to be able to be what he was supposed to be because of what's happened to him in New York. I'm worried that's going to happen to Bryce. Uh, yeah, but and you know what? I, that's a good point, Des. I don't think, and for for that reason, I don't think that'll happen to Bryce because we not. don't have that market like New York. Because because even I, even even speaking, even with our fans, you know, even with there being such a 50-50 split with Bryce, for the most part, or you know, for mass national media, everybody still is high on Bryce. Every you know, you don't yeah. you don't see a lot of the is he a bust talk talk like Zach Wilson got five five games into his rookie season. You know, I feel like and that's the reason for that because we don't have the New York media like here in Charlotte. So it'll 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 be a while before we start getting that talk. That being said, we are going to ruin that you know Bryce like New York did Sam Darnold and Zach here, you know, if, if we don't put pieces around him. I totally agree with y'all there. You gotta find not only a way to protect him, but you've got to get weapons here, man. Gotta you don't have the weapons around it. And the problem is going into this offseason, you don't really have the collateral to do that in one offseason. You're going to have a bunch of money. We're for once our salary cap, we're going to have a lot of money cuz a lot of dead caps going to fall off. So we're going to have some money to play with. I'm just not sure if I trust this front office to spend it correctly cuz they spent money this yeah, offseason. No Where's Hayden Hurst? What what in the world did you sign with Miles Sanders? Mm-hmm. Uh all of their all of their free agent signings have Arc. drastically underperformed yep. compared to what they thought they were getting. Except everyone for Adam from, yeah, I mean, everyone, right, Adam right, right. Adam <laughs> but if you look at Hayden Hurst, I mean, we thought the tight ends were going to be a center point of this Frank Wax offense. They usually are, and That's they're crazy. not at all. They're invisible. Yeah. Uh, same thing with DJ Chart. We were expecting that DJ Chart could be like a deep threat and would be able to take the top off of a defense. Man, he's not even close to that. 
So, yeah, it's hard to not hold all of that against Fitterer. Uh, James says, always support the QB1, but Bryce needs some help. He should be benched for the rest of the season before he gets injured. I agree. Uh, Panther Pickle says, Bryce fits a Kyle Shanahan system, I think, would fail without it. Yeah, like if you drop Bryce Young into the 49ers offense right now, you look like C.J. Stroud. Yeah, yeah, but, by the way, like, that is true. Like, can we be <laughs> real? So and true. a lot of fans are gonna get pissed. A lot of fans are gonna get pissed when I say this, but Brock Purdy is kind of the goal for Bryce, right? No, absolutely no. Not. How is it not? Bryce, I don't think Brock is all how that is good. Not? How how is Brock Purdy the goal to be for Bryce? He Young? runs that offense one one hundred percent efficiently. He's able to spread the ball around. He's able to navigate the pocket. He has weapons everywhere. He's around the same height. He's around the same height. He's around the same arm talent. I'm talking about I'm talking about prototypes. They're built similar. You want them to be in a Kyle Shanahan type of offense. You want a lot of offensive weapons around them. Yeah, what the what the 49ers have done for Brock. That's what you're trying to do for Bryce. See, I want I want Bryce to be more like Drew Brees, where Drew Brees where Drew Brees elevates the players he's throwing to, or that Alvin Kamara is going to be a better running back because Drew Brees is the quarterback, and the defense has to respect that. Like if you look at all the career, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, all the offensive skill position players on New Orleans since Drew Brees retired, or since he started his downfall. And shout out to Drew Brees. I saw um, a headline today where he can't even throw the football with his right arm anymore because his shoulder's so degenerative or whatever he throws it left-handed now to his kids in the backyard which is kind of sad but uh yeah, when, when he was the quarterback there who he's a top five perennial quarterback in the nfl those top five quarterbacks to me they make the players they're playing with better if you're the number one overall pick and you're a quarterback you have to have the ability to make the players around you better like because you're not going to always get gifted yeah. with a brock purdy situation where you're walking in and you got Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and George right. Kimmel and the, one of the best offensive lines in the game and a top defense. Like everything's set perfect for anybody. Right, but that's oh, what you're going to need to build for Bryce. I mean, right. But that's literally my point. If you look at Brock Purdy and Tua Tagovailoa, those are the prototypes for what you want Bryce to be one day and those similar types oh, of it, offenses. It, By it, the way, it's also not, it's also. Uh, not a coincidence that both uh, Mike McDaniel uh, and uh, Kyle Shanahan, those are both like that Shanahan style of offense. Well, they came from him. Yeah, they, they came from the same tree. So, I mean, yeah. and he, Stephen Bailey says, Cam made the Panthers dangerous. Bryce needs a dangerous team to run in order to do his job. And that's kind of my point. Cam was number one overall pick. He The 2015 Carolina Panthers, take out my boy Jonathan Stewart. Who else on that offense really, like, made you – like we've had this conversation before let's not do that bro cam cam's rookie season he had a hall of fame receiver has a no, hall no, of fame no, tight I, end. i'm talking about 2015 I, when they made no, the Super yeah, Bowl. but i yeah. guess i'm but, but i guess when we when we say that and, and you look at the comments talking about cam made player panthers players better bro cam also came into a lot better situation as well oh bro. yeah yeah like, I mean, definitely so yeah it's like, so i mean so even when we can when we do the parallel of comparing them to like bro if, if bryce would look a lot better with steve smith Jonathan Stewart, Ryan Greg Cleo, Olson. I mean, or George, you know what I'm saying? Like, he would look a lot better if that was the situation. So, no I mean, one, so, no one Keekly so coming a year later. Like, exactly, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, like, bro, it, it's, it's not, we're, we're talking about, bro, his starting left tackle, we're talking about is a bust. You know, his starting receiver is a 33 year old Adam Thielen 
that that we're happy that is is having a revamp career. So it's it's not really the same. So it, so that's why when we talk about comparing him to Cam Newton, it's not comparable. Yeah. On top of the fact, Cam Newton was a generational quarterback, dog. Like I'm sorry, it's it, that's why I say we're, we're he was a uniform. He was a, we ain't gonna never see Cam Newton again. Or yeah, we're, you're not exactly. Yeah. You're never going to see another Cam Newton, and it's not fair to compare Bryce to Cam Newton. It's yeah. like it's, it's like they they play nothing alike. Their styles were nothing alike. So to so to say, Cam elevated the team around him. Sure, absolutely. Cam also had a lot better team around him. So I mean, so, but now to what Cody is saying, I do agree that is the prototype for Bryce. You got to have put, but that's not a knock, and and I feel like that's when fans hear that they think that's a knock on Bryce. And that's I'm not, not saying that that's a knock. No, by the I, way, I'm, Cody, I'm not saying yeah, you're saying that. You I'm just saying yeah. in general because when fans hear that, they think, oh well, well, oh well, if you got to be like Tua, then then that's a knock, and it's not. Like, dude, so that, to me, name all the all the quarterbacks that are balling with bums at receiver, or name all the quarterbacks that are that are balling with bums at, as offensive line. There's not many quarterbacks. Pat Mahomes. So, like, so, so let's stop making that right. argument. <laughs> Pat Mahomes. That's pretty much All right. You got one quarterback. You got one quarterback out of 32. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of. Because right. so I, like, I can't even name who he's throwing to other than Kelsey and uh, Sky Moore. That's it. I don't even know. And, bro, and if we go, and if we go, and if we go, keep it real funky, like Josh Allen was, they were calling Josh Allen the bus before he got Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So, right, I mean, let's, all right, but hold on, I, but I gotta push back a little. That's also the point in what they're talking about. If you look at the Buffalo Bills, who have been a contender in the AFC every year, they have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. That's all they have, pretty much, and their offense runs through that. Where other people so, say, we, but we don't, other, we don't have other, where other that. people say that the where, that the Brock Purdy or the two attack of Iloa is a disrespectful comparison. A lot of reasons why the people think that it is disrespectful is because in a way it's like saying what well, Bryce needs everyone around him to be ultra talented. He needs a bunch of talent everywhere, and that he's not necessarily the type of physical talent that can take over a football game like a Cam Newton. Okay, like so, why don't, so why Allen don't we make that right argument now. with Patrick Mahomes one with Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill? Why don't we make that argument then? Patrick Mahomes, I mean, because let's, let's, his first, matter of fact, his Make first four argument. years. I mean, I mean, I mean but, but, that's, but that's the same thing, though. It's the same argument that you're making. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl with an, a, with a top five receiver, top with number one tight end in the league. But we don't never make that right. argument for Patrick Mahomes. But right, well, that's because Pat Mahomes has done some things outside of that to make us feel like he's a generational talent too. Like, right, no, I don't right, know, but, but, the, but the point they is, all have gener- they have traits that put themselves to be called a generational number one overall pick. Pat, Mah- Pat like, Mahomes does some things where bro, I'm like, did you see that? Like, I've bro, never Patrick seen Patrick Mahomes that. was not looked at as a generational quarterback before playing in the NFL. No, I'm not talking about what he's done in the pros. I'm not talking about being a generational talent. I'm talking about they have one physical trait that is elite that you you're going to be able to translate into the NFL level. Pat was never highly touted, but everyone knew that he had a bazooka for an arm. Same with Josh Allen. Same with Justin Herbert. That's the same thing they're saying about Caleb Williams and Drake. But Joe Burrow doesn't. Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback. Joe Burrow doesn't have no elite traits at all, but still is an elite quarterback. Like, like that, but that's but that's why that's why that's my my point why I stand so hard on Bryce. He's not because all we do is move either. the stick. All we do is move okay. the sticks when it comes to certain quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Burrow doesn't have an elite arm. Joe Burrow is an elite athlete. Joe Burrow. Uh, the only thing that Joe Burrow does is see the game at an elite level, and that's the same thing that. Uh, but that he's Bryce also did not that. below average in any of those traits that you just he's mentioned. Good at right. He's, he's, he's right, right. I mean, bro, he's good at yeah. 
absolutely yeah. a below average quarterback from from an athletic, especially in today's time. He's absolutely a below average athlete when it comes to a quarterback. Yes, he is. Nah, dude, Joe Burrow is running around, picking bro, up. Bro, he's, still, bro, he's still, bro. Okay, so let's check his, his athletic score, though. So, I mean, again, just because. Right, you, know, you, you, you just made bro, my point. No one's saying that he's a, that he's a monster athlete. But, but he's, he's not also an above not average one either. He's, he's also not, a, he's not, not an below, above average athlete. I'll he's say this: not below we, average. We use we use the phrase, right we use yeah, the phrase generational no, talent not, way bro. too easy. We use look. We use the phrase generational talent way too easy. Uh, just like I think we use the word elite way too easy when we talk about these quarterbacks. Tom Brady made this point the other day on Stephen A. Smith that the level of quarterbacking and play in general in the NFL is just drastically down this year. There's some games I've watched from like, this yeah. is horrible. Not just us, right. like just bad play. There's dudes starting a quarterback that wouldn't have been the third string quarterback 10, 15 years ago on these teams. Right. And Tom went through it. He was like, look, they're not getting trained properly. The coaches aren't basically throwing them out there. They're not being able to sit and learn and blah, blah, blah. They're expected to go as soon as they get here. The rules have changed. So it's caused bad habits in terms of offense and defense. Uh, offensive players aren't protecting themselves because they're not being taught to. Defensive players are being taught to protect the offensive player they're tackling. Like the whole thing has been thrown upside on its head. And when we talk about generational players, like we talked about Cam Newton, that's a generational player. We're not going to see that again. That's right. what I mean, like a unicorn. Pat Mahomes, he's a dude. We're comparing him to Michael Jordan. Like that's a generational talent. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, those are good to great quarterbacks. But I cannot call any one of them an elite generation no, I, I, I don't know joe burrow when healthy is elite bro i'm not gonna say that joe burrow, i should call him a generational talent then i know I, I would say that yeah i don't agree he's not a generational talent now elite like, to me means like who's the top three or four quarterbacks at any given time in the league like those are the elite the three or four it can't be 12 elite quarterbacks you know what i mean like no, that's the third league. <laughs> like but who's the, who, are the four, who are the four elite quarterbacks in the nfl this season right this season yeah uh this season is a down year, bro. Like you said, um, hurts. Yeah, hurts. Hurts. Tua. Tua. I still think. I mean, I still think Josh Allen. They're not out of it. Not this year. Not this year. Down this year. Um. Yeah. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, there we go. So Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Mahomes. There you go. And I, I'm cool with that. And so you got one generational guy and three dudes that are like right there with him. And then below that would be the Josh I, I'll, Allen. I'll say Hoover. Lamar Jackson is you a know? generational athlete. Lamar Jackson is a generational athlete. I'll say that as well. So you guys, again, but, but, but when you're talking about generational talent, you're talking about a quarterback that checks every box. So, for example, do they have the height? Do they have the arm talent? Do they have the mobility? Do they go through the progressions? Some quarterbacks check more boxes than others. But when you look at like, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, for example, when he was coming out, all the things that he could do, or even like a Caleb Williams this year, Caleb is a little bit shorter, but you start to stack all these different traits on top of one another. And you can see how, oh yeah, this guy has a skill set that translates easily to the NFL. I, you know what? I can't call Lamar Jackson a generational talent because we've seen Lamar Jackson before. He was RG three. No, I mean, I mean, our general RG three is not like he literally. There, he's literally a, 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 a what's the word? Uh, a variant. I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, I, I think there are some Newton, similarities. Basically. I think there are some similarities. Sure. What what we do not talk about enough, and and I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I think you all know that. Lamar Jackson, we don't talk about how Lamar Jackson plays the quarterback position from the pocket enough. Because all we talk about when we talk about Lamar Jackson, how, how dominant he is as an athlete, which he is. But we don't talk about, for instance, I, as great as RG3 was from the pocket, 
I don't see Lamar Jackson being on the same level as Lamar Jackson. I mean, no, he's better. Yeah, he's he's a, he's like RG three two point He's everything yeah, RG three right, was, right. but like but, but smarter. But that's <laughs> like why I say generational. But that's why I say generational days because it was like it's even with there being similarities, there's a complete different tier that Lamar Jackson is compared to RG three. I that's, feel like yeah, okay, I, I feel that part, but I'm more on I'm more stuck on the whole when you say generational talent. I'm looking at like how many guys are playing like Lamar Jackson after Lamar Jackson. Cause to me, Lamar Jackson is playing like Cam Newton and that's why Cam Newton is a generational talent. And Lamar is coming behind. Well, Cam, Cam Newton would also Newton. run through you. Yeah. Lamar is going to run well, around you. Right. Right. The closest we've seen to Lamar is and to be honest, this is why I say we've never, we honestly ain't seen a lot like Lamar. Cause we're the closest we've seen athletically is, is Michael. I mean, is yes, Michael Vick. As a thrower, mm. as, as, hey, man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. As as, 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 as a <laughs> runner, bro, there, there, the similarities are there, bro. As for a thrower, I think there's uh, he's two that's, tears better than Michael Vick as a thrower. But uh, that's what that's, that's why I say he is as a generational <laughs> athlete, Lamar Jackson. I, I and I'm talking about athlete, not as a because you can say you can be a generational generational athlete and not be a generational quarterback. For instance, I think Anthony Richardson is a generational athlete. He is not an generational quarterback, though, and, and he has, or at least we haven't seen that yet. But when you talk, for instance, when you check the what he can do from an athletic standpoint, bro, he's a he's a freaking nature. Like you know, six four runs a four three can jump, you know, can can jump over you, can run through, bro. That's that's generational. That's that when you when you when Cody say check all the boxes, that's real. Those are the boxes that you look for in a quarterback. I, I it, can't put Lamar Jackson in the same category as Michael Vick in terms I, of I, in I terms of athletic that. ability. Like I've never seen anyone. I put you know the only person I put in that same category is Michael Vick, football wise that I've seen on eyes, Bo Jackson. Like literally, like I'm not, I'm doing not, stuff where it was like, what is ball, that? <laughs> I watched Vick levitate six feet. Like in the air <laughs> into the end zone to avoid Julius Peppers to score, like just weird things that just never like he flew, like he literally like Superman, like flew in from like the five yard line and didn't touch the ground. Uh, and let me ask you all this: like, do, y'all, do y'all think Bryce Young is a generational talent? I don't know. I, 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 I've actually said, and I think I've said it on the show that he has the opportunity to be like it, that if this works out, he could be the Steph Curry of the NFL. Like that's me on record. I've said it multiple times because of the situation his size. If it works out and Bryce works out and he's a legit great top 10 starting quarterback in this league, it's going to change how they uh, evaluate quarterbacks from high school pop Warner level down. Yep. You know, it's going to change everything. It's going to be a little five, nine quarterbacks out here that you already have them in high school. Yeah. But now, now so, they're going to a chance when they go to college to keep playing I, quarterbacks. Well, I, I, I said it before, well, I said it before the draft started, and Cody knows. Like, if if Bryce Young was 6'2", 215, we, we all would be calling him a generational quarterback. He'd be CJ Shroud. Yeah, period. Like, that's, well, I mean, that's how yeah. I feel. <laughs> you just said a mouthful, Desmond. I mean, you said a mouth, he would be CJ Shroud. My, my, my question is this, like, and I'm just asking, like, what are the generational talents that Bryce Young possesses that you think people at large would say, okay, this is Bryce's superpower. Well, we were this told this is what makes him ability. the easy number one pick. That's what we were sold on was his processing ability was off the charts. Like mm-hmm. that hasn't changed for me. Like yeah, that, I'll be honest, that hasn't that like that what what like what you said, Des, that has not changed for me. And and to be honest, so many people echo the same thing how I feel here. 
we have we don't even know if that's true or not because he's not in a position or in a situation to where we can know if he's in, if that's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, you bro, we just had Cody, one of your favorite players of all time, Greg Olson, just said what we've been saying for months now. It's not even fair to to accurately judge Bryce Young this year because they they can't they can't even protect him. Literally from the first play of Dallas game to basically the end of the game, he was under fire. So, and again, we, we can argue, and we're not going to dig up no, you know, an old conversation. We can argue how often it is, but it's often enough to where we all acknowledge, bro, he can't win uh, behind this offensive line. So, with that being said, bro, it's, we don't know what, I mean, if it's true, if the, what we was told about him being a pro, an elite processor is true or not, because we, we don't see that because he's not in a position to where we get a fair look at that. And so, do it, but. Yeah, so so when you ask me now, nine games, ten games into the uh, season, do I still? Yes, I still feel that way, bro. And to be honest, I still feel like y'all feel like he's he hasn't or he's regressed. I don't feel like he's regressed, bro. I feel like he's done the best he's can in a crappy situation. And I don't think other than if you don't have Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's no other quarterback in here that plays well. I don't. Even think, even hey, even Pat Mahomes in that Super Bowl a couple years ago where he didn't have an offensive struggle. line. And bro, and that was <laughs> and again, bro. That was with a top five uh receiver and a top five tight end. And he was still hitting dudes in the chest and they were dropping it. You remember right. that? He was so, still hitting so, dudes. Like he was throwing like this and still so, hitting so, dudes so my question is, is bro, if the best quarterback that we've seen in the last five years struggles behind the trash off in the line, he got elite weapons. Why are we expecting your rookie quarterback? Why are we expecting bro, Bryce Young and not? Yeah, but I mean, he's also not processing to the level that we were sold as. And that's just the the truth that Monty and not a lot of other Bryce fans want to admit. There is times on in every single game where there are receivers that are screaming wide open and he either doesn't look or he's overthrowing or he's just not even looking in that position, not coming off of the first read the entire time anyway. And that's where a lot of fans are a little bit pissed off. That if you're going to move up to the number one overall pick for a five foot ten, one hundred and ninety five pound quarterback, and you're telling me that his processing is like that of a Drew Brees, you're expecting more. Even as bad as this team is, you're expecting him to be able to elevate the team in those moments where he's had the opportunity to do so, and he hasn't done so. Every time, every every time he's had a big play, where he's had he's had a couple of chunk plays this season. Uh, Anytime he's had one. It's when the play is broken down. And he's had to improv. Exactly. Like he's, had to, he's had to scramble out, bootleg out to get away from death. And literally, somebody's running downfield on a route they weren't supposed to be running at that point. And he sees him and he hits him. If he's still in the pocket and he's following the play that Reich or whoever was telling him in his he's, ear, he's liable to get killed back there, man. Yeah, he, he's. I think he's doing what they're telling him to do, or he's throwing it away. Like he's not taking that. a lot of chances. I agree with that too. So I've, even said, that, that, I've even said that in my film reviews. I yeah, think I've been telling cool. him. They're telling him to get the ball out quicker than I think even Bryce wants to. So how do you blame yeah. Bryce? <laughs> this, this is okay. No, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm saying what is. I'm saying, I'm saying that he is obvious without blaming no, Bryce. Not, like, yeah, he can say that Bryce isn't meeting expectations set at the table 100%. without blaming it all on Bryce. Like, 100%. I, yeah, I don't and, think and, that's and, all Bryce's fault. And like, both of those things can be true at the same time. Yeah, I do Bryce agree is that. in a terrible situation. Again, no one is arguing that. But there are moments when Bryce has had the opportunity to make plays that he himself has failed to do. And it's not being unfair to call those things out. Now, some I, of that stuff, again, 
this whole and as we come back full circle here and this was a supersized edition of embrace debate i didn't mean for us to go this long uh appreciate everybody that's been checking us out and coming in and out as we do this live here before the holidays um some of that stuff though with bryce i don't think that you can really i'm trying to think percentage wise i'd say maybe 30 percent of this is bryce he's still a rookie he's listening to a brand new coaching staff we just talked about a minute ago there's so many mouths in his ear on the offensive coaching staff alone he's talking to josh mccown every day frank Wright every day thomas brown every day uh jim caldwell's lurking around the building in the shadows somewhere he's talking to him like there's all these different people telling him hey look at this way look at it that way try it like this do it it almost feels like when he's when he's not doing the hurry up and they're doing like a huddle and he's getting a chance to see the, the defense and everything it's almost like his processing skills or whatever you want to call them that they're hurting him, that he's actually over-processing, that he's looking at everything so much and he's trying to figure out what's going to go on that us at home, we can see the sack coming. Like we see Michael Parsons coming around the corner as he's standing there looking for whatever and trying to gauge what he's seeing. We can see Michael Parsons coming <laughs> like behind you at home and we're going, no, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. And he doesn't throw it. Like that, that's, in, that's in where this. we're starting I'll add on to that. I feel like there's nothing worse as a quarterback drop and, and, and being in a drop back situation and being expected to go through a, a progression, knowing that you don't, you're not going to have time to go make it through your yeah, progression. Two seconds. <laughs> so, 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 that, so that's why I keep coming to, that's why I keep asking, how do you blame the quarterback? Because again, you actively are saying, Hey bro, you got a second and a half, two seconds to make your decision. And if you don't, you're getting you're getting sacked. Stephen Bailey makes a, a or, really good or, point. Or play hero ball and then throw the ball fifty yards down. Yeah, that's what's like, that's and that's when you get pick sixes. That's when you get yeah. pick sixes when you start exactly right. That's the we're we're essentially saying Bryce, you got to play perfect ball for seventeen games straight, or 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 basically, you know, say so we're we're going to hang you for because again, well, yeah, he's, he's made rookie mistakes. He's shame definitely made rookie mistakes, but he's not. It's what we're asking him is not realistic. We're asking him to go out there and say every single throw. Every single open receiver that's out there, bro, you got hit. And and if and if you and if you're off, it's your at all. Your, it's totally your fault. And that's trash, bro. That's yeah. that's trash. Stephen Bailey makes a really good point regarding uh, Bryce. This is his first really bad team. A lot of NFL players have had to go through the same emotional trauma. He needs to man up. That's a really good point because he he played at Matter, Matter Day in California, one of the top high school football programs in the country. So he, I don't even think he lost a regular season game in the two or three years yeah. he started there. Goes from there to Alabama, the college football factory. He might have lost two games the entire time he was there, three games maybe, wins the Heisman there. The offensive line in front of him is going to be the best in college football every year, no matter who the names are pretty much. So he didn't really lose a lot there. He gets to Carolina, and it's kind of a dumpster fire, and they're kind of in a rebuild but kind of not in a rebuild. They kept some stuff, but they shipped off the best stuff, and it's like you're expected to be the savior pretty much. And I've never looked at Bryce Young as the savior, like, I didn't. I didn't think he was that kind of quarterback. Like it's, dumb to, it's dumb to look at him like that. His rookie season, like it doesn't even make sense to look at him like the savior yeah. of Carolina. It is like I said, unrealistic expectations that were put on him, and then being upset that he doesn't live up to the expectations. Half, that he put on. half his Carolina Panthers team by the time Bryce Young is like settled and good, like in two years or whatnot, they're not even going to be here. Like half this team, like word up, like they're not going to be on this roster. They're going to have a chance to flip this roster out over the next two years. I don't know who's going to be in charge of flipping it out. Nicole Tepper, I, I don't know somebody, but it's not going to be, <laughs> it's not going to be Scott Fitter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, 
And real quick before we get out of here, because we're right up against it too. James says props to Parsons, though. He looked like he eased up on Bryce when he sacked him. I noticed that too. Uh, it looked like he well, remember, didn't Michael Parsons put out a video talking about he did ease up on Bryce? He's yeah, leave that man alone. He's doing yeah, what he dude, can. He, man, he did Zavala <laughs> dirty, y'all. He did Zavala so dirty. He, he he couldn't even show his face to his family. I heard, bro. Funny, a lot of these pass rushers probably know that they're going to set a record on us. <laughs> so they're like, you know what? We're not going to try to kill you back here, dog. Because we know we're going to get back to you like 10 times. <laughs> we're going to see you again in about eight minutes. Yeah, but... bro. Yeah, exactly. We're going to see you in the third quarter again. So, yeah, you but know, by the way, like, again, like, that's why I'm saying, like, we should, we should protect Bryce. We should save Bryce from himself. And not have too big of an ego to say, all right, let's send him down and see what Andy Dalton is is going to be able to do. Because Andy Dalton is not the future. I, you know, if someone's going to take lumps, I would rather it be Andy <laughs> Dalton out there, yeah. <laughs> rather than continuing to compound these negative attributes that Bryce is having to go through, not going through his progression as well, either because he doesn't have time or because they won't let him or he's just not doing it or whatever. All these compounding issues – well, yeah, save him from that when you have a better um you have a better wealth of talent around him to be able to prop him up. But right now, it it's not that time, man. This is the worst team that I've seen in a long time for the Panthers. And that's saying something, man. We've yeah. been bad for a while. In hindsight, from the first comment that we talked about earlier in our, our comments, uh, the do-overs or whatever, they probably should just let Andy start this year and let Bryce sit a year while they got this together. Like they could have did this after they sat. I'd have been been cool with it too. Like just let Bryce sit and learn. Cause I mean, after a certain point, yeah, there would have been a crowd that'd be like, Oh, you need to let him play. It's Bryce Young. He's number one, Alabama, blah, blah, blah. But after those same people saw the offensive line (laughs) and what was going on, they probably like, you know what? Let's let the kids sit for a little bit and learn behind Dalton. Let's get some wins. And we probably could have, this division is horrible. We probably could have still been, you know, stiff. we're only four games out of first right now, and we're one and nine. <laughs> so it's like it just I don't know. They could have did this. Now I feel like that boat that ship has sailed. I don't think they can do that now. I think they probably will let Bryce continue on uh starting through the rest of the season, but uh they could have. Um, we need to get out of here. It's almost Thanksgiving. Um <laughs> we need to go. Uh shout out to everybody that's been in here tonight. Uh a super supersized edition, holiday edition of Embrace Debate. Uh, since we had been on a couple of weeks, so we thought we'd give y'all a little something, something. Follow the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter at Keep Pounding underscore FFSN and at Tobacco Radio. Subscribe to Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel for more Embrace Debate. Uh, follow Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at Fans First underscore SN uh, for other shows uh with all the other nfl teams as well as other uh shows on the keep pounding podcast network including the cat cave a new episode just dropped uh about two hours ago so you can go check that out uh from there so we're gonna get out of here for cody for monty i'm des you've been watching a supersized edition of embrace debate here on tobacco road sports radio.com and the keep pounding podcast network keep pounding keep pounding